runs across the playground. <laughs> he scales this fence. It had fence. to be a six or seven foot fence. This guy's <laughs> over it in two seconds. Takes off running, never to be seen never. again. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. How do you leave the country without leaving Arizona? Ooh, tricky question. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. I am Brian Carmi here with my brother, Dale. So we are in uh, walking through our story. And at this time, we are in the winter between 2006 and 2007. That sounded like moving in stereo. No, that was the cold wind blowing across the frozen tundra. The high elevation of Albuquerque. All right, so the last episode where we were, we had a couple special episodes, but we were talking about the project in Lubbock, Texas, and there was a project where we had gone out to do the job. We actually kind of told the story uh, the whole way through of Lubbock. Yeah, it was kind of it was a bookend story, yeah. right? We told the start where we had to go out and reject it because the base wasn't ready. And then we told the finish where we had to go out and do it, and we had Bobby Bubbles and all of that. This guy so, we called Bobby. <laughs> So because this, his name was Bobby. So this is inserted into the middle of that. Um, it's kind of, kind of neat. We have a couple stories that fit in between, I think, beginning of December and early January. Yeah. So we are, um, we have, we've, we've sold our local Albuquerque uh, install business, but we still have some projects that are kind of outside that scope in Lubbock. Yeah. We had this project that was coming up, and, and you asked the question. The answer is go to the Navajo the Nation. The Navajo Nation. Because which it is, is a sovereign nation. So it's technically outside the bounds of the United States, but yet it is still within the state of Arizona and it's, it's, Utah and Colorado and New Mexico. Yeah. Man, it's outside. <clears throat> I think it's still part of the U. I don't know how that works, but it is a sovereign nation. So. It that a, it was a riddle. That is, and, and you stumped me. I didn't know. <laughs> but so here we are. Um, this in in Albuquerque is again. It's a, um, it's in the southwest, but it's a mile high. So <laughs> that's it, a pretty big re- revelation. Some there, people Bri. think of Phoenix. This is not Phoenix. This is Albuquerque. And and the part of uh, this actually, we were going west of Albuquerque to Gallup, New Mexico, and then heading north maybe a little bit northwest into this Navajo reservation. A uh, window rock was the name of the town, yeah, right? With the emphasis on wind and rock. Um, so um, <laughs> <laughs> there's also another story that fit in this time frame. Uh, that was the trip to angel fire. But I think that we're going to address that. That's coming yeah. in the future, even though it happened. Yeah. In backshadowing. The past. Backshadowing. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of those coming up. All right. So this project that we want to talk through happens over New Year's. 
right? I, and I, I don't remember if it was actually New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, or whether... I remember we were out there for the bowl games. Right. So I Sometimes. think... Sometimes. I, I, and those bowl games usually hit like 30, 31 of, Jan, of December or 1, 2 of January. Yeah. So I think we were there over New Year's. Yeah. So New Year's Day? Which, yeah, that that's not good. But as you'll find out, we had just spent several days with our families before Christmas. So it was okay. Yeah. We'd be traveling and working over New Year. So where we're, we're laying some groundwork here. We're laying the base. We're doing the work, but here we are, New Year's, in a cold, windy, oh, rocky guys, part of the Navajo Reservation. I know we talked about Deming and how Deming was cold. This was colder than Deming. <laughs> well, not, I'm not sure about that. It was definitely windier than Deming. I'm I don't going know. colder. I, we I'm were single it. digits in Deming. That was. <laughs> but so the thing that happens on this project, seems like whenever it's cold, we don't have any workers. So yeah. it was just you and me. It's funny how that We'd happens. kind of gotten rid of our crew. And so wait, I want to ask this question. Anyway. So there's two of us. Mm-hmm. Two of us. And we're doing a playground. Yeah, it's about 8,000 square feet. 8,000 square foot playground with two people. I'd say, what do we say? For a crew of four, an 8,000 square foot playground. It's probably a two-week project. Yeah. A week uh-huh. and a half. A week. I mean, back then, it's different because we had to use loose rubber. Yes. Right? It's not like we're just laying down a pad. You had to take rubber and... Dump it and rake yeah, it out nine pounds and lay it of out and cut around all the equipment. And this was, this is the largest playground we'd ever done. It was pro- probably the most complex pra- playground we'd done to this point with what we call the, the poles, right? Uh, all the, the poles. <laughs> That's that- what we call them. <laughs> it's like we call Bobby, Bobby. We call the yes, poles. We call the poles, poles, the poles. Okay. So we, we, we kind of gauge playgrounds by the number of poles we cut around. And this had to have 50. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just cracking up on your mastery of the English language. These names you come up with for things. Yeah, we call yeah. them I'm the pretty, poles. I'm pretty good at that. Okay. Pretty good. <laughs> but yes, there were a ton of the poles on this playground <laughs> that we had to work around. And and I, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but every playground I think I've ever been on, I, I wear a baseball hat when I install. <laughs> you hit your head. I crack my head every time. There is no playground that I've been on. And oh, I, sometimes you yeah. put the hat on backwards, but for whatever matter. reason, I flip that yeah. hat around. It covers up the kind of line of vision above my eyes. So the picture is, guys, we're like usually down on our hands and knees or bending down, working <laughs> under the equipment. And invariably, Brian doesn't see the bars or the poles <laughs> above him, and he racks his head. I and he usually staggers head. for about five or ten seconds. Yes. Re, re, you know, probably sees white blinking lights, regains his composure, and gets back to work. There have been a few concussions, but none that have ever taken me out of action. Yeah, I luckily, they didn't work. have the NFL tent back then, because I think <laughs> I you would have been sidelined. I would have been in it. Concussion protocol. So anyway, we're, we're out in the cold on the Indian Reservation, which is a, a pretty... Um, it, it, it's a desolate area, a part of a country we were in. Was, I mean, there wasn't a lot around it. We had to stay at a hotel about 40 minutes away yeah, yeah. and drive in every morning and drive home at night. And um, this was one of the harder projects we've done. And we were, again, we're at this point in our business. Where, Do we say that a lot. Yes. <laughs> but I we're always like, right. I feel like when we're watching the football games and the announcers talk about this is definitely the best athlete or this is the most incredible game. And they say it every week. The superlative of the moment. Whatever you're in is the Literally, this yeah. was 
one of the hardest projects we did because there's two of us. I mean, the roles alone, how did two of us move the roles? I don't even know how we did it. Yeah. I mean, we were strong. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how we did it. But so this, this project is about three hours from home. Uh, kind of the middle of nowhere where this is located. There's nobody around cause it's the holidays and everybody's gone. So it's just two of us sitting on this playground. We have about 70,000 pounds of chunk rubber oh, that we have goodness. to spread. Brian, it was, what kind it, it, of equipment did we use to spread that? Um, our arms and our hands. <laughs> <laughs> it was in 50 pound bags. It was 50 pound I mean, bags. A lot of times you get this rubber and it's in what we call super sacks that hold 2000 pounds. And if you remember in Deming, we had super sacks and didn't want them because we had no way to distribute That's it. That's right. So we knew better. We got but the bags. here, the super sacks would have been very beneficial because we could have just tipped them over and dumped them because we're putting large quantities of this rubber, not in the grass. This was going under the grass. We did. So our we- math said we had it written down here somewhere. 70,000 pounds of rubber in 15-pound bags is 1,350 bags of chunk rubber that the two of us had to cut open and shake out by <laughs> that was hand. A bad whistle. Well, we so did have we help. had an idea. Hire some local help. We did. And there was a guy who happened to be I wandering. don't know exactly why. He was wandering past I, the I fence. I think he came up. Well, he did. He came, he came up, up and to said, us. "Hey, do you guys need any help?" Yeah. I'm was, looking for work. He was laid off from a local mm-hmm. factory. Yep, that's how the story went. And he said, "I've been recently laid off. I'm a hard worker." And he looked like a strapping young man. He said, "Yeah, we, right." He said, what? We could use you. We'll pay you cash. Cold, hard cash. Yeah, he liked that. that he got him loved excited. that idea. So he said, what do you need me to do? We said, take those 50-pound bags, bring them over here, <laughs> cut them, dump them out. Right? That so, was, yeah, there's no that was his art, job. There's no art to it. No. You just cut it and dump it. So he started that morning. And we put him to work right away. Yeah. Um, how long did that go? Well, I remember... He started asking about lunch, and we said, yeah, okay. probably like 1 or 2 o'clock, he's asking about lunch. I'm like, dude, I mean, we're just getting started. We've only been working for five hours. And uh, so he said, okay, we're going to have lunch. And he says, okay, great. I'm going to go home and get something. He runs across the playground. <laughs> he scales this fence. It had fence. to be a six or seven foot fence. This guy's <laughs> over it in two seconds. Takes off running, never to be seen never. again. He never came back. No. Didn't didn't even no. get his money. D- didn't huh. he tell us he got called back from being laid off? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't remember that. I just remember seeing that guy flow over that yeah, fence like a ring-tailed lemur. <laughs> he was gone. So and he was gone. So, was, so we had we had a helper for about four or five hours that morning, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that he just couldn't hang with you and me. <laughs> but he couldn't. I'm saying. He really, that was, it was a lot of manual labor. And again, it sounds um, like, hey, he's just carrying these 50 pound bags, cutting them open, dumping them out. It is tiring work. <laughs> yes, it is. It's also one you, you, you know, you could be working for two hours and look up and it doesn't look like you've done anything. No. Yeah. There's progress. Still a pretty big stack of bags waiting for you. Yeah. We talked about that recently at the office and I'm kind of jumping, but it's sometimes burnout doesn't come from the work being too hard. It comes from that feeling where you're not making progress. And I think that's maybe some of, I mean, let's face it, it was only half a day. So I don't know that burnout really should have been the case, but it doesn't feel like you're making progress. It is kind of demoralizing to feel like you just continue working. I just think it's classic. Here's a guy that was obviously looking for an opportunity to make money. 
He was came, given one. came out looking for work. Cold hard cash. And inside of a handful of hours, he was running for the hills. He didn't want anything to do with it. So we do this project. So here, here we go. Well, you know, we we were back in the day. We walked all our jobs. We walked uphill, uphill both ways in the, in snow. the snow. Now that goes, but literally here, a lot of that applies because <laughs> it was cold. There was snow. I remember on this job too. We had to. We got to the grass a couple times. We had to broom the the snow off the grass. Yeah. It was cold. It was windy. There were two of us, and we had to get this job done. This wasn't just we wanted to get it done. We had to get it done because we're in the middle of that Lubbock project that was still sitting on the horizon. And I we think- had um, the Forevalon conference coming up in like two weeks. We're working to prepare for that. And on the backside of that, we had the Achievers trip. There's a whole bunch of things on the horizon. Our schedule so- was full punting this job or not finishing it wasn't an option. It had to be done. And I think we had also told the school we were going to do it while the kids while were out. Well, it was closed. So before they came back from Christmas or holiday break. So we, um, and again, uh, shorter days because, yeah, you know, December, um, we really don't have a ton of equipment we, or tools. We did break out the headlights on this one. We did. There were headlights you, you, and rakes. You turn the truck around, you kick on the headlights. And, and you're raking that rubber out. It's getting dark at probably, I don't remember, in, in that time zone, it was probably like 5 o'clock, 4.35 yeah. o'clock, getting dark. and we, we weren't ready to be done, so you'd keep keep plugging. So that those are the struggles. The good side to this is, this was the first project we did on the Navajo Reservation, but... Over the next five years, did we do any more work on the Navajo Reservation deal? Well, Brian, yes, we did. <laughs> Tell them what yeah. they've won, Bob. <laughs> it turns out over the next five years, we did um, probably around or over a half million square feet of turf. Yeah, And we did this in conjunction with our partner, um, Exerplay, yep. with our dealer out in the area, Mike, who was down in Phoenix, with Joe Leedy doing a lot of the work. But... Um, not yeah, this project. No, no, the, no. The on what project. was coming. Yep, yep, there, coming. There, but this was the catalyst. This was the kickoff that made all of that possible. And and we 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 often say opportunity finds excellence. This is one of those things we could have mailed it in. We could have just, you know, not focused on doing this project, you know, to the best of our ability or just whatever we had to do to get done and get out. But we wanted this project, every project we were on. I mean, that was our name on the line. It had to be superior. Look, you talk about mailing it in. I remember scrambling, scrambling around looking for a stamp. I'm like, there's got to be a way to get out of this thing. I wanted to mail it in, but, but it wasn't. Didn't. It wasn't really an option, and so we had to to bust a move, MC Hammer style, and get it done. And <laughs> how do you like that we are one? Full of them today. <laughs> um, but I mean, the reason you didn't is because you're not the type of person that mails it in. Correct. You are the type of person that operates Even by when you want to. And guys, a, a lot of times in life, we don't do what we want to do. We do what we ought to do. And that that can be a tricky one sometimes because you get into some of these situations. It's like it would be so easy. It would be so nice to take this route. Um, but you need to do the right thing. You need to do what you should or ought to do. And that's the path we took. And the interesting thing is, have, had we done that, we never would have known what that would have cost us. Mm-mm. Now, looking back, we can say, 
boy, we had half a million square feet of projects. I mean, that's millions of dollars, probably five, 10, well, five to $7 million worth of projects that came through, but we would have never came known the, right, that we came out of the gut those. check. Right. But in the moment we just had to do what was right because we operated with integrity and yeah. we did quality work. Um, so doing that led to much more, but you didn't know that in the time. The reservation's a lonely place. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it, that particular it was just spot the two of us. at that particular time was a very... It was over the holidays. The school. I mean, it felt like at times we were the only two people yes, on anywhere. the face of the earth. You, you know, we saw one guy for a couple hours and he sprinted for the hills. That's all we saw. Yeah. A couple dogs run by. Lots of dogs. And that was it. It's us and the dogs. So I think, you know, there's Where do we some, go from some takeaways there. And I, I think, you know, one, there was a relationship we were building here with Exerplay. So there yep. was, there was, that was important Two, Sometimes you just have to suck it up and do the hard work. This is again in the time where we have started to develop a national presence. We were out of the we installs. We 13, were the, we were the, the national company. Dealers, we were the right? brand. Right. It would have been and, easy to say. And here we are slogging away on an install. And, you know, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pleasant. We didn't, you know, we, we talk about one of the Frevlon F's being fun and freedom. That's two, two of the Frevlon F's being fun. <laughs> Is that one of the, it's one. It's yes. one of the Frevlon F's. The poles. Uh, but <laughs> fun and freedom. I didn't feel much freedom at this time. And honestly, I don't think I was having much fun. No, no. Well, we, look. We always have fun. Uh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. put an asterisk on that. As hard as that job was, and as challenging as the work, and as cold as it was, we laughed. We laughed and laughed, as we often do, because uh, we also don't let the situation, as much as we're able to, we don't let the situation determine what we're feeling, how we're reacting, how we're responding. Yeah, And we try to make good out of bad situations or, or difficult bad may might not be the right word, but difficult situations. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable, but we did have fun. Right. And, and I think, you know, some of this comes down to leadership as well. I mean, it would have been easy for us to, to say, you know what, we're above this. We've kind of gotten out of the install. We need to delegate that, find somebody else to go do it. But we knew in that moment, what was needed of us was to kind of go back to the basics, to do this project, because we didn't have a crew that could do it. We knew that the quality that we had promised, um, you know, we needed to be the ones on site. Uh, there's definitely, you know, some grit involved in just pushing through. Um, it's another of the Frevelin Fs. Yes. I've grit. won Frevelin F, fun, frit, fun, yeah. frit, <laughs> grit, freedom. We We've got a, today. today is a good day. So let, let me ask you this question. Yes. How'd, how'd the job turn out? impeccable it was great it was a beautiful it? project it was um, a great project they were excited about it. obviously we said it led to more work the kids um, had a great place to play they loved it it, it beautified the space i mean yeah. it was it was a flagship project for that that school yep so i don't know you know what we always want to you know kind of wrap these up and, and share takeaways and, and i don't know where any of you are but maybe you're in a spot where you're called to do something that feels like maybe you should be past that by now and, and it's hard and you don't want to do it, but maybe for some reason 
it's something you've got to step into and what might feel like a step back or, or taking something on that you shouldn't have to do. That's what's needed of you in the moment. And you don't know if you don't do that, what you could be forfeiting. Right. You have to undaunt the daunting. How about that? <laughs> that is a piece of wisdom right I'm, there. I'm trying undaunt to get my head around undaunting. Daunting. Yeah. That is undauntable. But, um, but you do, you face it head on yeah. and you get it done. So, you know, hopefully, uh, again, you had a little bit of fun with this. Uh, you're, you're traveling this journey with us and, uh, you know, look again, what we're doing is we're sharing our stories and our experiences, not to say, Hey, look at what we did, but to say, maybe look at what we learned and look what you can learn out of what we've gone through. So we just encourage you to, um, if you enjoyed this or like the episode, share it, right? Yeah. Take a screenshot, send it to others. Um, you know, go down and, and leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing and what's going on. And I just to, to wrap up, I know we've had a lot of projects and a lot of talk about cold and snow and winter. There is just foreshadowing here. There is some sunshine coming just around Ooh, the corner. I like it. Yeah. We'll talk about that on an upcoming episode. Have a great week. Go be people of impact. Back next week. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.